Hey everyone, thank you for listening to my podcast today. It's such a pleasure to have you with me. Such a joy to me that you listen to this podcast weekly and are just receiving from this ministry, Stephen Overbaugh Ministries. You know, it does so much for me and to for me and to my heart to know that people are being blessed and being helped and being strengthened through these different avenues that we use, these different platforms that we use to teach the Word of God. And so I trust that you are being blessed. I trust that you're being helped. I trust that you're receiving fresh revelation from heaven. And also, I trust that you're being reminded of things that you've already learned, being admonished in things that you already know. You know, the scripture says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. And, you know, there is the teaching side of the word. If people don't know and haven't heard, then you're teaching them. But if they do know and have heard, then you're admonishing them to walk in the light of what they already know. And, you know, Peter also said, that was Paul in Colossians, Peter said, that he would not, he said, I will not cease or cease not to put you in remembrance. So it's important that we value the admonishments from the Lord just as much as we value the teaching that comes from the Lord to learn new things. Yes, we need to rejoice at things we've learned or that things that are new and things that are fresh to us, things we've never heard before. We can rejoice in those things, but we should be just as joyful and excited to hear things that we've already heard again and again and again, to be admonished in those things, to stir up faith in us and to be reminded of things. Because, you know, how many know it's easy to let things slip? And to just kind of sit on the sidelines, so to speak, or just over time, we, it's easy to shelf things and just let them lay there dormant in our lives or to forget things. You know, at, through the passing of time and through things that we face in life, it can be easy or it can, there can be an opportunity for us to forget things that we've learned or to not be a doer of the word that we have learned. And, you know, when we're first, when we first come to Christ as a baby Christian, you know, baby Christians are excited about the word. They get excited about the things they're learning. They're getting excited about the, the faith of God and the authority of the believer and the Holy Ghost and all these things get so excited when you're first learning about all this stuff. But can you be just as excited down the road 10, 20, 30 years in the Lord? Can you be just as excited to have the same things being taught to you over and over again and being reminded of those things and admonished in those things? Can you still be excited about the things that you learned years ago today? Because, you know, faith gets excited about the promises of God, whether he's hearing them for the first time or he's being reminded of them for the hundredth time or the thousandth time. See, so you understand we got to be just as excited about being put in remembrance. We got to be just as excited about the admonishments. And primarily as you grow in the Lord, you know, you're going to, you're going to be receiving fresh revelation, but it's important to understand as you become a solid Christian and you become a mature Christian in the Lord, you're going to 
primarily, when you sit under the word of God, be told things that you already know. Primarily, you're going to be receiving admonishments. I'm talking about people that are, are, are spiritually mature in the Lord and have been in this thing for a long time. You're going to primarily receive admonishment and you're going to be put or be reminded of some things. You're going to have things brought to your remembrance that you already know. But it's when you get excited about those things that you've heard before, when you get excited and get joyful about it, and you turn on your expectancy and get in faith about it, that's when you start to hear things in new ways. That's when fresh revelation comes. That's when you start to have new vision about those things. I've always said it as this example. I've heard the faith message a thousand times. Tens of thousands of times. I've heard it taught by others. I've taught it myself. I've looked at it in the Word. I've read Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, hundreds of times, if not thousands. And I've studied on the faith of God for many, many years. And yet, no matter how many times I've looked at it, every single time I go back and look at this, the message of faith and the, and the subject of faith and hear it taught, there's always something new that excites me. There's always something that gets me stirred up once again. There's always something fresh that we that I, I begin to see that I never saw before. Something that I never saw before that I'm seeing now. And so we cannot overlook admonishment. We cannot overlook, you know, the things that we'll, we've heard before. We can't overlook those things. We can't just say, well, I've heard that. I'm just going to tune that out. Or I don't need to hear that anymore because I've already, I already know all about that. No, instead we need to say, Lord, I've heard this. I've seen this in your word, but I know there's more. And I thank you for the more that you have for me. And that's when people grow. Spiritually, when people come into Christ, when they become first born again, baby Christians, they they if they apply the word of God to their life, if they stay committed in church, if they keep sitting under the word, they'll make those leaps and bounds they'll grow quickly but over time their growth begins to sputter out so to speak because what happens is people begin to get used to it and they get familiar with the things of God and the maybe even familiar with the things of the spirit and they and they get comfortable and they over time begin to dishonor in a way the things that they're hearing or not to esteem them as highly as they once esteemed them and when you don't esteem the things of God properly, then you will stunt your growth. When you don't esteem the word of God in your life, you will stunt your growth. When you don't esteem the things of the Spirit and place value on those things and don't hunger for those things anymore, then you will cease to grow in the Lord. Because the Lord sees our heart, amen? He sees our heart. The things which God has for us, they're revealed to those who continue to approach the Word of God and the things of God as a child in faith. If you have your Bibles, we'll look at what the, what the Lord said about this. Look over at Matthew chapter 11. I love the Word of God. Look at the, um, look at the 25th verse, Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. I'm physically turning my Bible to those pages. <laughs> I have my Bible out, so I encourage you to get your Bible out and get your notepad out and pens out and let's study the Word today. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 25, it says, At that time Jesus answered and said, 
I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. And then he goes on to say something. He says in verse 28, a very familiar scripture, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give thee rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Looking back at verse 25 real quickly, it says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent, and have revealed them unto babes. Now, the things that Jesus were talking about were found in prior scriptures. He was talking about the mighty works that he wanted to do in certain places, but certain cities rejected his ministry. They rejected his message, they rejected his ministry, and as a result, they were not able to receive the power of God in that place. Places like Capernaum, places like Bethsaida, or Bethsaida, however you want to say it. Places like Nazareth, they rejected the works of God, and they rejected Jesus's healing ministry because they rejected his word. In every place that Jesus went, every place he taught, every town and village, every city he went to, he always brought the word. He always brought the, the same message over and over again, as his custom was, the scripture says in Luke chapter 4. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He asked for the book of Isaiah. He stood up for to read. He read the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable of the year to the Lord, of the Lord. And then he said, he closed the book, sat down. He said, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. And so that was his custom. He always read from the prophet Isaiah, the part, the part of the book that was speaking about Messiah saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he said, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears, saying, I am the Messiah, basically. I'm the one that was prophesied about and spoken about. And this day is it fulfilled. That was his message. And of course, that wasn't the only thing that Jesus taught. But that was his message. And that was what his custom was. And he would teach that. And depending on how that place received the word would determine if they were able to be healed or not and receive mighty works. If they received his message, if they received what he was saying, then they could be healed. If they rejected what he was saying, if they dishonored what he was saying, then they could not receive the mighty works. And depending on how they responded to the word of God determined what Jesus was able to do for them and in them. And so... The things that Jesus was talking about here, verse 25, Matthew 11, said, Father, Lord, you're the Lord of heaven and earth. I thank you that you have hid these things. What things? Well, he's talking about the mighty works. You can go back and look at it, verse 21, 22, and 23. 
24 talking about these different places. These mighty works, these things that were done. And these mighty works are not just physical works. We talk, we focus a lot of times on the works of God that are physical, the physical healings that take place, the financial breakthroughs that take place, you know, all these things that we can see in the natural. But there's also spiritual mighty works, things that are done within the hearts of men. They're done within a person. Spiritual works are mighty works from God. And I'll just throw this in here. The Lord showed me something about spiritual blessings and spiritual works. He said, anything that comes from me, anything that comes from my presence will into a person's life. If it's truly from me, it will bless them a person first spiritually. Any blessing from God, any blessing that's spiritual, anything that truly is from God, if it's from me and from my presence, it will bless them first spiritually before it ever manifests naturally. So a lot of times people think, well, I'm blessed by God because I've got all this money. Well, no, we need to first look and see, well, how are you spiritually? What's the condition of your heart? How did you attain to this? Sometimes because you know being financially wealthy and prosperous is not an indication that you're spiritually mature or that your the spiritual state of your heart is right. There's a lot of people out there that are rich naturally and they're poor spiritually. Well, I'm just blessed because I got all this stuff. The Lord has blessed me. Well, wait, hold on. How is your love walk? How's your walk of faith? Are you committed to the house of God? Is God first in your life? See, all of these things people overlook. They look at the natural. They look at the outward. And they're judging a person's spiritual character and development based on things they can see outwardly when we need to be looking inwardly and looking at spiritual things. Remember what the what God said to the prophet Samuel when he went to go find a king, when he was looking for a king, and the Lord led him to go to Jesse's house in Bethlehem. And Jesse had a number of different sons. And he brought the first and the eldest, Eliab, to the prophet Samuel. And he stood before the prophet. And the the prophet Samuel said to the Lord, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. He was a man of great stature. He was tall. He was handsome. He was... He looked like a king in Samuel's eyes. But Samuel, even being a prophet of God, looked outwardly and saw this his stature his, and everything about him physically and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. And the Lord said, Do not look at the outward appearance. Don't judge by the height of his stature. Don't judge him by what is on the outside, but look at what is inside. He said, man looks on the outward appearance. The Lord is looking at the heart. That's what the Lord said to the prophet Samuel. The Lord looks at the heart. Well, if the Lord is looking at the heart of man, then we need to train ourselves to look at at people's hearts. Listen to what is coming out of their mouth. That is an indication of what is in their heart. Out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaks. Or out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Jesus said. And so a lot of times we're looking at the outward, we're looking at the natural and judging a person or esteeming a person based on those things and not looking at more spiritual things, looking inwardly. We need to train ourselves to look at people's hearts 
and to listen to what's coming out of their mouths. And so the Lord said to me, anything that comes from me, anything that comes from my presence will bless a person. If it's truly for me, if it's truly a blessing from God, it will bless them first spiritually. And then, of course, as a result, natural blessings will come forth out of that as well. And so the mighty works that Jesus wanted to do were spiritual and they were natural. He wanted to bless them spiritually with his word. He wanted to impart revelation. He wanted to impart truth and light to them. He was revealing who he was. He was really revealing the kingdom of God. But then also on the top of that, the mighty works which he wanted to bring were healings and miracles and deliverances and demons being cast out of people, all these wonderful things, see. But the mighty works couldn't be done in certain places because they wouldn't receive his word. And any place that Jesus went to, like I said, I'll reiterate it because it's so important. He always brought the word first. The word came before anything else. The word always comes first. The word comes before miracles and signs and wonders. You always lay a foundation. You give place to the word first in your life. Ministries, churches, everything need to give place to the word first and then greater things can follow. If we're always trying to emphasize the works of God without his word, then we're not going to have the greatest manifestations of the spirit. But if we emphasize his word, then the greater manifestations of the Holy Ghost will take place. But they could not receive the word. And so he said to the Father, I thank you that you've hid these things. These mighty works, both spiritually and physical, not physical mighty works. You've hid these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them unto babes. Notice the word wise and prudent. Now, a lot of times in our understanding, we would take those words and we would think, well, being wise is important. Being prudent is important. It, shouldn't I be wise? Shouldn't I be prudent? But no, if you actually look up what these words mean, because I'm, use, I'm using the King James translation. If you look up the word wise and prudent, if you look and study it out, you'll recognize or see that actually what these words mean are being wise in your own eyes, having a self-exaltation and having a pride in thyself to think that you know everything you know based on your own merits and your own um, achievements, so to speak. Or maybe because you, you're a person of religion and you're a person who's developed in these things. And what comes with it is an air of pride. And these words basically are meaning that a person who's walking in a sense of pride and religion and is not humble before God and doesn't look to God, it has a self-righteousness and a self-exaltation that the things of God, the mighty works of God, both spiritual and natural, shall be hid from him. They shall be hid. The Father will hide those things. And, you know, I've seen it over the years. People that have come through the doors of the church. I, You know my story. I lived in a pastor's home, grew up in a pastor's home, and watched um, my, fa- my parents pastor a church for many years. And I've, I've watched people come through the doors, revolving doors of the church. And there's a lot of different kinds of people that come through the doors of the church. There's people who genuinely 
need help from God and they come with a humble attitude. They've made a wreck of their lives and they want to be fixed. They want to have help and they, they're hungry. There's some people that, you know, they, they, they're hungry for more of God. They want to grow because they're born again and they, they want to grow in the things of God. And they're, you know, they just, they're excited about the things of God. And then there's people that come in and they love God, but they're also, they carry with them an air of self-righteousness, an air of, of pride about themselves. They think they know something. They think they've learned enough to now they're an authority on things. And they walk around as the Pharisees did, trying to trap people, trying to test people in arrogance, trying to prove other people wrong, trying to um, trying to exalt themselves above the word of God and above the things of God. And I seen it over and over again, people who've thought, well, I've been in this long enough, I know some things you need to, you know, and they just have this air about them. Well, the scripture says that the Father will hide the things of God, the mighty things of God from those kind of people. From those kind of people. I, I'm thinking, honestly, there's so many stories. I'm thinking of one person that told my dad one time, well, I'm a brigadier general in the body of Christ. And I did, and I need to. You need to listen to what I tell you. You need to do this. You need to do that. And tried to tell my dad what to do at the church one time. Said the Lord told me to tell you. You need to do this. You need to do that. Well, first you don't present yourself that way. That was the first time they had come to church. You don't present yourself with that air. There, there's no such thing. The Scripture doesn't talk about any such thing as a brigadier general in the body of Christ. But you don't present yourself as an authority in telling the pastor what to do and coming in with this arrogance. To be challenging people, and you probably heard Annie in the background. I'm just going to let it go. (laughs) You don't need to be challenging people. Annie's my dog. She's sitting in the living room here. I'm just going to let this go because we want the the raw material, not the edited version, but the unedited podcast. (laughs) Anyways. I'll let that one go too. Anyways, you don't need to be presenting yourself with an air of pride, you need to stay humble before God. Even if you do know some things, even if you had learned some things, you need to still have a hungry heart and to keep yourself humble before the Lord because pride comes before a fall. But God gives grace to the humble, the scripture says. So the Father has hid these things from the wise and the prudent, revealed them, notice he's revealed them unto babes. Babes, what does that mean? Does that mean you have to be a baby naturally in order to receive? No, not naturally. Babes what? Does that mean you can only receive these things if you're a baby Christian? No. Babes in heart. In other words, humble in heart, tender in heart. You see where I'm going with this. Your heart is conditioned, conditioned rightly before God in an in a, in a attitude and in a condition of humility before God and esteem before God. Babes will always receive from God what he has for them. Babes and or those that are humble before God, people who esteem the things of God have a right spirit before God. They will always have things revealed to them. They will always be able to see the things of God, the works of God. They will be aware of what the Spirit of God is doing. They will be able to partake of the blessings of God in great ways. And 
Verse 26 says, Even so, Father, it seemed good in thy sight. So this is the way the Lord works. I don't care what people have been taught, what they have been said. The word clearly shows us that the Father, the way he operates his kingdom, the way things are in the kingdom of God, is he will reveal himself to those that are hungry for him, for them that seek him, for them who have maintained a right spirit before him. And if you have a right spirit before God, you'll have a right spirit before leadership. You'll have a right spirit in front of those that God has placed over you. Because sometimes people think, and this is really important teaching, that they ha- that their relationship is to God alone. And that they need to maintain a relationship that is right before God. That they're going to seek after God. They're going to w- fellowship with God and His Word. They're going to, you know, they're going to have their devotional. They're going to do this all this stuff before God and they think that that's all that matters but then they go out and they treat their pastor wrong or they treat other members of the body of Christ wrong and that is absolutely wrong that is absolutely incorrect that is a that is a deception from the enemy because to, to there's a deception from the enemy to think that your relationship can be right with God but you can go out and treat others any old way or be dishonorable to those in leadership no no if you have a dishonor and a disesteem for the man of God or somebody the Lord has placed over you in leadership, then you will have a disesteem and a dishonor for the things of God. And your relationship with the Lord will not be right. And even if you think it is right right now, over time it will deteriorate more and more because you're violating spiritual laws. You're not walking in love. People think, well, I don't need to be... I don't need to submit myself to a pastor or somebody else in ministry or leadership. I'm submitted to God. Well, that's error and that's not true. Because remember, the head of the church, Jesus Christ, he gave gifts unto men. He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's Ephesians 4.11. Till we all come into the unity of the faith. Unto a perfect man, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You see, so you will not be perfected in your walk with the Lord without these ministry gifts. You will not be edified like you need to be in the Lord without these ministry gifts. Yes, you can have some perfection. Yes, the Lord will work in you and he'll edify you. But not to the degree and measure that you need without these ministry gifts. Because understand this, this is important. Ministry gifts, all five of them. And I want to point this out. There's not just one ministry gift. There aren't just pastors in the body of Christ. There are many ministry gifts. There are five different, fivefold, we call them, ministry gifts in the body of Christ. And they're all anointed by God to perfect the saints, to do the work of the ministry, and edify the body of Christ. Now, there's this erroneous teaching and idea out there in modern church circles that thinks we don't need to go to church. We don't need to 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 have the brick and mortar buildings. We don't need to sit under ministry gifts. We don't need to come together as the body of Christ. We don't need to have all this stuff. But there's an error in that. Because the scripture says that the Lord the when he ascended on high, 
he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He's talking about the ministry gifts he's given to men. So we need ministry gifts. So for those that think they don't need it, they do. Because the scripture says they do. Why would the Lord place them in the body of Christ if there was no need for them? No, they bring perfection. They bring edification. They bring the anointing and the Lord uses them to impart into the body of Christ. Some people think you don't need the, to attend church anymore. We don't need to assemble anymore because the body of Christ isn't a building. It's a people. It, you know, it's the body is just all of people. Yeah, but that's not the, but that's erroneous teaching and wrong teaching because there's an error in that. Yes, the church is people, but the church is to assemble together in one place to be of one mind and one spirit, to be in one accord. And you cannot be in one accord if you're all just wandering and wavering and and roaming around in, in the earth and never coming together as the body of Christ. The scripture says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And all the more as you see the day approaching. It's very clear in the scripture you have to have assembly. You can't be in one accord, which is what the scripture talks about, being in one accord with each other. Can't be in one accord and in one, of one spirit and one heart and accomplishing the things of God unless you're meeting together in assembly. You need your own company. And you know, when hard times come and when things we face things, we need to be able to co- go to our own company and look to them for support and look to them for healing. These are all scriptural practices. So people who think that it, we don't need the church, we don't need to do all this, that's wrong. It's absolutely error. No. And I don't know why I got off on that, except for that the Lord would lead us in that direction. But the things of God, they're revealed, they're shown to those who are hungry for the things of God. And if you have honor for the Lord, then you'll have honor for those in leadership and those that sit in um, spiritual authority. If you have honor for the Lord, then you'll have honor for his house. If you have honor and love and respect for the Lord, you'll have honor and love and respect for his body. Now I want you to look at verse 28 of Matthew 11. It says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give thee rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. I want you to notice that Jesus did not change subjects. People like to isolate verses in Scripture. And and they pull these Scriptures out, because that's, that's a great Scripture. Let's use that. The Lord's going to give me rest. The Lord's going to comfort me. The, and that's all right and good. But let's look at the context of what Jesus is saying. I want you to notice he has not changed subjects. In the context of what he just said, that he's revealed these things, the things of God, the mighty works of God unto babes, those that are right in spirit, those that have a maintain a pure heart before the Lord. In the context of that, he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. What are we going to learn from Jesus in this? What is Jesus teaching us in this? Uh, passage of scripture. I am meek and lowly in heart. I am meek and lowly in heart. So 
connect that with what we just read in verse 25. The things of God, the mighty works of God are revealed to babes, those that are pure in heart, those that are tender in spirit and maintain humility before God in their spirit. Those things are revealed unto God. And then Jesus says in verse 29, Learn of me, I'm meek and lowly in heart. I'm meek and lowly in heart. So this notice the meekness and the loneliness in heart is what Jesus maintained. He said, this is what you can learn from me. I'm meek and lowly in heart. If you want the things of God, he's saying, revealed unto you the mighty works of God, then you have to come unto God as a child, as a person that is tender in spirit, pure in heart, like he uses the word babes there, before God, so that the mighty works of God can be revealed to you. And Jesus said, learn of me, I'm meek and lowly in heart. That's the kind of heart, the condition of your heart that you have to have in order to receive what God has for you and see the mighty works of God. And notice he said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, this is all in context of what we were reading. This is all connected. People don't have rest in their lives. People are laboring and are heavy laden. They're burdened down with so many things because, yes, they're not coming to him, but also because they're not maintaining a right heart before God. Yes, coming to God is is right and good, and that's what Jesus said to do. We have to come to God, but how are you coming to God? Because there's a lot of times that people are coming to God with that air of pride, or they're coming to God with unconfessed sins. Or they're coming to God with, with out making things right with each other in the body of Christ. They, they are holding on to grudges. They're holding on to offenses. They're, they're carrying around all of these, all of this strife and division in their life. And what is that? It causes them to have callous a calloused heart, a bitter heart. It, it causes, it can bring pride into their life. It can bring arrogance into their life. And it, it opens the door to deception in their life. And as a result, the things of God, the mighty works of God are cut off in their life. I want you to notice what Jesus is teaching here. Because verse 28 is not isolated, isolated scripture. If you come unto God, come unto me, Jesus said, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. When you come unto him, you have to come with that heart of meekness, that heart heart of purity, that heart of tenderness before God, that heart of lowliness, before, of humility before God, a pure heart. Come unto him with the right kind of heart, the right kind of spirit. And then you shall receive that rest. You can give those labors and those burdens and those those weighty things that have held you down over to the Lord. And he will give you rest. He'll give you his rest. You have to turn those things over to the Lord and not hold on to those things. Don't hold on to pride. Don't hold on to offense. Don't hold on to unforgiveness. But let go of those things. I've watched people over the years, guys, those that held on to offenses and grudges, 
They would carry a chip on their shoulder. They would not deal with things in their life. They would let offenses go without dealing with it. They wouldn't go and confess their faults to each other uh, to other people because remember the scripture says in James 5 confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed they wouldn't confess their faults to other they wouldn't make things right they would just be bitter and calloused and jaded in life and i've watched them over time they've gotten sickly in their bodies they've they've gotten poor spiritually their eyes don't see clearly anymore the way they used to they departed from the house of God. They, they got away from the fold. They got away from, from the church. And they're wandering and they're wavering. And, they, and now they think that it's okay to do certain things. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you time and time again it's happened. Over and over again it happens. The same pattern plays out over and over again. And it's because they wouldn't deal with their heart. They wouldn't turn their burdens over to the Lord in faith. And as a result... It, the things of God, the mighty works of God that Jesus was talking about, these things were cut off in their life. They are cut off in their life. So Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest, notice, for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My burden is light. There's so much here. We're going to cut it off right there, though. We'll have to come back next week and uh, hear more about this. But thanks for listening in. Thanks for joining me this week. Remember, you can follow the ministry on stephenoverbaughministries.com. Or actually, I'm sorry, it's stephenoverbaugh.com. And then you can follow the ministry on Facebook and YouTube. And keep listening to this podcast. There's great teaching being done here. And sometimes we bring on guests and other people. And, you know, I'm excited about what the Lord is doing in these last days. Stay hooked up to the Spirit of God. Stay connected to the house of God. Be in a local church that you're called to, not just what you chose, but what the Lord chose for you. And be committed to the things of God and stay full of the Spirit and stay committed to the things of God. Don't cease to pray. Keep praying because this thing is wrapping up. The time is is so short and there's a great work to be done in these last days. All right. We'll see you next time.